Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Intercry Ministries podcast. We hope today's episode equips you to continue to grow and mature in your faith. Our prayer is also that this would inspire you to be more and more like Jesus. If you would like more information on who Intercry is and what we do, visit our website at www.intercry.org. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's Inner Crime Ministries podcast. Um, I'm John Martin Davis, and I'm so glad to be here with you, and I'm so glad that you are joining us. And we hope that you are beginning to realize we're, we're releasing these every week, and we want you guys to come along on this journey with us as we explore deep truths in Scripture. This week, um, we're going to do our podcast a little different. I'm here with Brodon Park. Thanks for being here, Brodon. Yes, I'm yeah. excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm Absolutely. looking forward to this new format, so yeah. it's exciting. I think, you know, I think that this is going to be good. What we're going to do today is we're going to listen. This past Sunday, Brodon, you taught on just kind of like an intro to the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. So if you didn't know, at Intercry, we do a thing on Sunday nights called Sunday Night at the Table. And if you'd like more information on that, you can check out our website. It's uh, www.intercry.org. And there's all of our times and information, and everybody is invited to this. And, um, but this past week, we started off a new series on the gifts on the Holy Spirit. And this week, I feel like, was really important, right? Because we can't receive the gifts without first the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And, and this week, you really taught on that. And... Um, it was really powerful. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to listen through uh, his sermon from last week together, and we're just going to kind of dive into some of the things. And, and I have some questions here for you and, and some things that I feel like the Lord has uh, spoken to me. And so, yeah, so uh, I say we go ahead and get started. One, one of the first things that you said uh, during your teaching this past Sunday was so good. And, and it's something that I think a lot of people, it hit us, and we're all like, Wow. I've never thought of it like that, right? That mm-hmm. this idea of what is the new covenant. Mm. Let's listen now to what you said Sunday night. When you read half your Bible, you get to the middle and it says New Testament. Y'all know what that means? It means new covenant. Does anyone know what the covenant, the new covenant really is? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. I, I, I was the same way. I was like, ah... Uh, Well, I should probably do my homework on that. The new covenant is God in you. Remember, he said, I will make a new covenant in Jeremiah at the worst hour for Israel. Like, there was a guarantee they were going to be completely busted up as a nation. Everything stolen from them. Their king's eyes punched out and and went into captivity. And they put someone in place of him, took all of the wealth and took all of the people who were intelligent, who had high education, who had royalty, took them into captivity. As they were doing this, Jeremiah writes that God is going to write a new covenant, and it's going to be a new covenant on our hearts. He put the law in our hearts. So the law of love is in our hearts. Through how? 
two things. One is you can't have a covenant without blood. You cannot have a covenant with God without blood, number one. Number two, God has to come and live in us, and that's his Holy Spirit. Now, we know, if you've been in with us, I've taught on the, the triune God, which means the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. Three persons, one God. That's Even the Catholic Church uh, will totally agree with that for 2,000 years, and that the Holy Spirit is not lesser of a God, but is fully and completely the God who comes to live within us. What that means is, is God comes to live in your humanity. That he could live anywhere in all of his creation and he chooses you and I. And Jesus is talking to the religious leader, Nicodemus, and he tells him, you must be born again. Born of the Spirit. Because if you're not born of the Spirit, you are spiritually dead. And so when God says you must be born of the Spirit, what he's saying is, is that the dead part of you that has no life, his Spirit comes in to amalgamate with yours, which is when you take two different metals and you put them together and they become a new metal, an alloy. That is the way your spirit and God's spirit becomes one. And so what happens is the Holy Spirit is promised to come and live within us as a seal. When I get saved and I get born again, I receive the seal of God. So the Holy Spirit plays two major roles in our life in this new covenant. The first role is to seal you for eternity. That's where it says right here, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever, that is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you, right? So he says, and he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you, John 14, 16, 17, and 26. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, and if you can read it up there, it says, And him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Wow. Holy Spirit's job is to keep you and preserve you like jam on a shelf, <laughs> till you get to eternity. Till you leave this body, Holy Spirit's job is to keep you. And in this, to teach you. So that is important that we understand, as believers, this is given to you at salvation. You receive the seal and the promise by grace and by faith. You don't earn it. You don't even have to ask for it. All you do is ask for Jesus, and you get the Holy Spirit along for the ride. Right. So I love how you put that at the beginning, that, you know, the new covenant. You asked us a question, and we were all just kind of like, uh, you know, we felt like we were getting set up. <laughs> and, I was kind of setting everybody up. The new up. <laughs> covenant is God in you. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk to us about that for a little while. Well, I mean, 
as a young believer, I remember um, uh, thinking about covenants and, and what does all that mean? You know, it's just a contract. Um, and God, when he makes a contract with us, he, his intent is to, to, to establish some, a promise. A, a, a contract is his promise to us. And so um, in the Old Testament, we see several contracts. Uh, but the biggest one that we all today hang on to is Abraham's covenant or contract with God. Um, it was a covenant established by faith in God. And, um, and then, of course, the next one we have is that on Mount Sinai, when the children of Israel were brought out of captivity, they had this new covenant, right? Um, but it was written on stone, and it, it failed to establish this relationship between God and man and uh, to reveal the fullness of God. Mm. It was only a shadow of what was to come. Um, and, of course, I Israel was unable to establish that. And so he took it, as Jesus said, he took it from a people who was learned and wise and gave it unto babes. Um, and so <coughs> God made it so simple and so easy that even a child would be able to bring it into fullness and understanding in their lives. And he did it by bringing himself to the center of our being by way of the Holy Spirit and establishing who he is within us. And that's just profound. That's uh, what a contract. Right. And so and the thing we know about it is that God always with even with Abraham, when he established a contract, usually a contract between two people, they both have to stay in agreement and fulfill something in that contract. The, the crazy thing about God's contract is he says, I got this. You just stay in the contract and I'll make everything come together. And he did that with Abraham and he did that with Israel. And so now God's doing it with his children through his Holy Spirit living within us. He's fulfilling the work that was started with our yes and our commitment and our repentance that we would see his fullness be completed in us because it's his contract with us. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I love that. And you're hinting at something that we'll get to it a little later, but okay. You know, this whole idea of God coming to live in our humanity. Mm -hmm. That's one thing you mm -hmm. said. And that really stuck out to me, you know, that the the Lord of all the universe, the creator of everything. Mm -hmm. Right? I I think it's really strong when I read in scripture. And it, in Haggai, it says, the Lord of heaven's armies, right? That's mm. a really strong statement. That is strong. It's like, no, this is the Lord of heaven's mm. armies. And wow. he comes to live in us, in our humanity. Mm -hmm. And, um, wow. yeah, that's so strong, right? And yeah. so I think, you know, for for a lot of people, we have to get get kind of, it's like, right, what we might not ever truly understand. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned later, sometimes it's a mystery. Mm -hmm. uh, even Paul talks about the mystery of the gospel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so, but to really come and step into that reality of who God is and that he is really living inside of us. Yes. And yeah. that is a powerful moment when we come to that place of saying, yes, Lord, I receive your spirit, the Lord of heaven's armies, mm. the spirit of God living inside of us. It's funny that you say that because I was just thinking 
when you said that, this is what came to me. It's like, we talk about Christ-like all the time. And the life of Jesus was the first expression of God coming to live in humanity. Jesus himself was humanity, God living in it. To be Christ-like is that. That this expression was so beautiful when we look at Christ. Can we see that in ourselves? Can I see the beauty of what we saw in Jesus mm. in me? Because God already does. Yeah. That's what he wanted us to see in Jesus' life. Is This is where I've wanted to be all along was inside of man. That's so good. <laughs> and that's cool because you talk about the Holy Spirit's job, right? Mm -hmm. To seal us, to preserve us, and to teach us. Mm -hmm. And talk to me a little bit more about that idea of sealing, right? Like the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. coming upon us. I mean, is that is that like a visual of our salvation? Or, you know, what, what exactly? Can you mm -hmm. go a little bit further in, into that? Well, you know, like... Um the, that word used is like a seal on king's letters. You know, many times when you send a letter somewhere, it didn't have United States Postal Service. You just had a delivery a guy and or a girl. And when they would deliver it, the seal was still there, said that no one had opened that letter or messed with it. And that's what's so beautiful about this. He uses that same scripture, um, that same Greek word in scripture that is about the seal like a king puts on his letter that this is mine, this is my words, which is so good because when you open a letter, you break the seal, you read the words. So when the seal is broken in the last day, when the Lord brings us into heaven and we go into our new bodies, the seal on us is broken at that point, and then the real word is revealed. It's, it's kind of crazy when you think about that, that, that he's holding that letter of that, epistle that's being written about you with a seal until the last day uh, where you will leave this body and go into your into your new place and mm. so yeah so good and i want to listen to i want us to go back and listen right now okay to sunday night and and this was a moment and you were talking about the seal and and the giving of the holy spirit to the upper room disciples mm. and i love this let's check this out okay i'll tell the story a little bit different when the doors were shut where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, if you go back and read Luke, he says they were so terrified that fear came on all of them and he tried to put, put, put peace over them, you know, like be, be at peace. But they, didn't, they thought they were seeing a ghost because he went through the wall, by the way. And so <clears throat> they all thought he was dead. And this is that moment in time where they see him and they don't really understand why he's come back from dead. And then he says, in this next scripture at the very bottom, he says, and when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, what? Receive the Holy Spirit. These are the upper room disciples. They just received the Holy Spirit the day after Jesus' resurrection. Look at your timetables. That is the seal of the Holy Spirit right there on the disciples. But notice, right here though, when he's telling them that he's filled them with the Holy Spirit and they opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, he then says though, 
I'm still sending the promise of the Father. What? I thought they just received it. They just received the promise of the Father. Why is he now telling them about a promise? <clears throat> this is where you have to really see the promise where it's actually written here. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you, and he, when he comes, will... Okay, now notice this. This is a whole lot more than what happened to the guys in the upper room. This is a whole nother level of influence by the Holy Spirit. He's going to convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And then, because they do not believe in me and concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. In other words, the Holy Spirit is going to impact the whole world. He's going to pour out on the nations and on the world. And he says, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. So now, he says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you, John 16, 7, into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to who? You. What is to come? Now you're going to get two things. One, teaching and prophecy from the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell you the future. You're going to know your future if you get in touch with the Holy Spirit. And he's disclosing to you everything that Jesus wants you to know. And he will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All, thing, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. There's a lot in that little bit, right? Yeah, there's a whole lot there. A lot. Because um, it almost seems like what you're saying is, well, one, I... I guess I might have just missed over this, <laughs> you know, like missed it. I've been under an understanding, and I'm sure a lot of other people have my whole life, that, you know, Pentecost was the first moment where the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit truly filled up people right. on earth. Mm -hmm. But this is, this is before Pentecost. This is, yes. You said a day after the resurrection. Day after the resurrection. And Jesus breathes on them. <laughs> and breathes the Holy Spirit in them, mm -hmm. but it's not the fullness of no. what we see on Pentecost. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, in, in that, you also heard me say that, that, um, that on that particular night, they were not understanding who he was. Now, you got to realize that's three years with Jesus, three full years, and they still don't get it. See, so um, there's a point in the scripture where it actually says, no one can come to God unless they are drawn by the Holy Spirit. And that word there actually means drag in the Greek. Um, John, I think it's in John, and I'm not sure exactly where, but the point being is there's so much influence in each and every one of us in our coming to understand who Jesus is. John actually says right there, so that they might understand him as he relates to the scriptures. So there was a revelation through the filling of the Holy Spirit of who Jesus really is. And that's what comes to every believer when they become born again. I remember my first experience with salvation was that the scriptures came alive right after I got saved. Like I had read it right before I got saved, trying to figure out religion and all that, and it just didn't make sense. I read the whole book of Matthew and threw it in a corner in frustration. I was like, I don't even know what that meant. 
But once I became born again, I opened the book of John and I remember it just like like a movie was opening up in my head of everything I was reading. And there was just this knowing that I had in my spirit of what I was reading, what it really meant. There was just a solid faith in what I'm hearing. And I didn't need someone to explain it to me. It was being explained as I was reading it. I remember that clearly being one of the first things with my salvation. But I'd yet to receive the power and the baptism yet. And I could study the scriptures and I really had a fire and I was on fire. But it was months before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And during that period, I didn't feel like I wasn't equipped to learn and grow and understand who Jesus was and how he related to me. I just didn't have the things I needed. And we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, later. But but I just, it was it was not that I was, it wasn't that somehow I didn't get what I needed. I got everything I needed at salvation. Uh, it was just that as I grew in my faith, there was more that God had for me. Anyway, um, I hope that explained what you were really asking in that question. I don't want to get too far out there, but no. Yeah. And there, you know, we're, we're walking through this. So, okay, um, good. But yeah, I mean, cause that, that th- this is a really good kind of visual mm-hmm. of what happens in our life. Yeah. Right. When we receive the Lord, right. When we say yes to making Jesus Lord and savior of our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we all, we've all heard the term like the, the you know the prayer of repentance and, and right. all that and when, when we really truly go to that place and say yes jesus you are who you say you are right i'm putting my faith in you mm-hmm. and and i love it you even mentioned on the first one you know at, at that moment we're filled we receive the holy mm-hmm. spirit mm-hmm. and that's the seal right i mean right. am i that's correct right. in saying that yes like, that's that seal now I can understand him. Now I know who he is as it relates to me personally. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's like there's a relationship, a bond, you know. And, of course, it says that when you become born again, his spirit comes to live in you in that moment. So there's a oneness that cannot be cannot be stolen or taken away or rejected. I mean, it's just it's a permanent seal. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's by faith. It's not our works. I don't do anything. It's just totally God. Yeah. And so, yeah. And now I have to ask you this question, right? Okay. Because um, you said this in there, and, and you said that when we, when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, we will know our future. Mm. So, I mean, what did, what did you really mean by this? You know what I mean? Because, like, I think at, the, at face value, right, you might just think, is Brodon telling me that I can just tell the future and right. and I just need to pray and ask the Lord who's going to win the baseball game tomorrow yeah. night, right? Yeah. It's like, but but I think I understand what you were saying here. It's it it's more about that day to day, moment to moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, we're truly being led into mm-hmm. each moment. Yes, I mean, it is absolutely. I you know, there's there's two parts to your faith. There's there's what what I'm dealing with personally in my journey with God, and then how God's agenda becomes my agenda. And, and you know, like my conscious awareness of God's relationship with me and my relationship with man is always at the forefront. But there comes a point in your journey where 
what becomes central to you as you grow in your faith is what is God's daily agenda for me? He has one. Mm -hmm. There are things that are written in my life. People I will love, people who I will help, people who I will serve, that God has written in my book to be part of my journey. You know, Paul called Timothy a true son. Timothy was destined to be Paul's son, spiritual son. There's a place in all of our lives where there are precious souls that God hands to us in our journey. We need to know who they are, when we're supposed to meet them, how we're supposed to love them, and in what ways God wants to use us with our voice, with our hands, with our feet, with our tongue. How am I supposed to serve this person? I believe the Holy Spirit is into much more, not about whether or not I should bet on a baseball game <laughs> or, or, or whether or not uh, Alabama's going to have a SEC football season, uh, but more so about God's plan, his purpose for me. What is it that he wants to do with me today? Yeah. Um, the more I'm getting in tune with that, the more the joy, the, the peace that God has it starts to fill me and my day starts to be just so much more full of life and peace and joy. Anyway, yeah, I'm rambling. So. No, yeah, that's so good because, you know, I think, because in that in that scripture, it also talks about prophecy, right? And um, so this is different than prophecy, right? Like, cause, right. And, and we'll get into the right. gifts of prophecy in, in a few weeks, but you know, like, there is that moment where we have to, I think, understand that there is an intimate place that the Holy Spirit is working in us. Absolutely. Now, there is a corporate space, mm -hmm, too, mm -hmm. right, where the Lord may give you a prophecy, like he gave you that dream. Right. And that's had incredible prophetic words. Right. And we're seeing them play out right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm referring to Brodon's prophetic dream that he had back in December of 2019. And throughout 2020, we're really seeing a lot of that flesh out yeah. and, and we're understanding what the Lord's saying even more. But I think this and, and what I was really hearing from the Lord in this is, we have to truly encounter the Holy Spirit in the Lord in that intimate place mm -hmm. yes. so that we can truly understand what he's doing in us. Mm -hmm. And then from that place of being abiding in Christ and being mm -hmm. one with him, mm -hmm. that is when the Holy Spirit begins to work with us on this much larger scale, right? And, um, and I think that's really cool. It kind of sets us into this next part. We start talking about the promise of power and the promise of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and the power that he's given us. And you reference Acts 1 here in receiving, when, and you, you say, when you, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness. Let's mm -hmm. listen in here. Mm -hmm. Here's the love affair with God. He promises you power. And what's happened is, this is where everyone gets divided because a lot of people think, well, I got the Holy Spirit when I got saved. Well, are you telling me I didn't get all I needed? That's not what I'm telling you. You got all you needed to get to heaven as far as your own salvation. But to be a witness, you must have power. To be like Christ to the world around you, you must have the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the deal is, is that Jesus' ministry did not start until he was water baptized. And what happened on that day? John said, 
I saw the Spirit descend like a dove upon him. And the Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and went into the desert because the Spirit drove him there. And then when he came out of the desert after 40 days, it says he came back in the power of the Spirit. So when there's a death, there's power. So when you and I are water baptized, we are water baptized to symbolically see that I have died with Christ to be resurrected in the power of God so that I live. He lives in me and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. If I really believe that, then what I'm asking the Lord to do now is to be Christ in me. How does that happen? Well, we used to think that it was you wear the bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? And every time you go to do sinful things, you remember the bracelet and you imitate Jesus. How well did that work out for some of you? Listen, it's a good thing for our teenagers who are living really fleshly lives to think about what would Jesus do. But as far as growing and maturing in your faith to look like Christ, that may not be the best outcome. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was in Acts chapter 2, and you've probably all heard of this story or read it, or everyone in this room has either read it or had someone read it to them or preach on it, but I wanted us to see it in the context of that day became the fulfillment of 2,000 years of promises. It was the day in which God no longer would be in a tabernacle, but he would tabernacle here. He would come to live in mankind, and he would reveal his power through man. I think one of the most powerful things, one of the, one of the stronger things you said Sunday night, was this point right here. The, the, the promise of the Holy Spirit is the power of God within me, so his power is revealed through me. Yes. That if we are going to be witnesses, mm -hmm. and, and it's so cool, like when you see it like this, right, like how you were pointing it out, that when the, the Spirit comes upon you, then mm -hmm. you will be my witness. Then... You will be my witness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, in, 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 in the sermon, I, I kind of expounded a little bit on this because I think some people who come to Christ, when they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the word power can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And, and I think that statement really says, like in Ephesians when he says that God's power is his love in Ephesians chapter 3. So when we to be a witness of the love of God, we must have the power of that love established both in us and through us. And that is the intent of the Lord, to be a witness. That word witness is where we get, it's called martia, or mar martyr, where we get the Greek word martyr from. And what it means is, to it means to the first century church and second century church, many times they want, they, that meant that there would be a death, a physical death. And reality is, though, is there's a daily death so that the sweet aroma of the death of self brings the beauty and the power of the life of Christ. Well, that's more than I can humanly possibly do. It's just not possible to be like Christ without that power. Um, I call it the love death. Um, there has to be this supernatural power within me 
to reveal the resurrection power of Christ of death. And, and, and that's what I say when I say that power, um, that, that God wants us to be a witness. So here in this moment, I was remembering how Jesus had fully filled them with the Spirit. They didn't get a partial fragment of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. They got the fullness of the Spirit inside of them. But like Jesus, when he received the Holy Spirit, which is when he, water, he was water baptized, right. John witnessed it. The Holy Spirit came down on Jesus, and it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, which is very interesting. And it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit going in. And then the scripture later says when he was coming out of his 40 days in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil and fasting, the angels ministered to him. And it says after that, he came in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, if Christ is the, is, is the example, the first fruits of all of us, then when we see that in him, that's what he wants to do in us. And so if we're getting on board with that, then I want to be filled with the Spirit, and then I want to have the power of the Spirit, just like Jesus. So, But as I receive that power, it increases through my love death, mm -hmm. that the love that is so powerful I'm willing to give up me for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. and that that you know that, that that's you mentioned this but the 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 idea of Christ alive in me. Mm. And and in order for us to truly experience this, we mm. have to die. We do. We have to first die. Mm -hmm. Going back to what you said earlier about the covenant, right? Yes. There to be a covenant, there has to be a death. Mm -hmm. We have to die to ourselves. Yes. And the Lord's really been speaking that to me lately, mm. and and I've been really studying that idea of what does it mean for for me to truly die to myself, mm -hmm. to say, okay, Lord, this body is yours, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like it's yours, right? Yeah, yeah. Fully, completely, right? Come fill me. Mm -hmm. Use every single aspect of my life. Mm. Let me be a vehicle. So for good. your spirit yeah. to walk the earth. Yes. And it's like that. I feel like that's the place where we're getting to right now mm -hmm. in this hour. Yep. In this time is the church. We are going to have to be fully alive in Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we are being called to be fully alive right. in Christ. Absolutely. I think the, the thing that you're saying there, the whole love affair is the key because I know when I first got saved, I so wanted to give it all, and I tried very hard to die to self, and it, it was, it became a, like most human nature things, instead of it becoming about Christ, it became about me dying, but there's a different kind of dying, like a mother or a father, if someone's harming their child, they don't even think about themselves, they'll jump in front of a bullet, they'll jump in front of a car and take the hit without even thinking. Um, and we do that to sometimes total strangers or children that are not ours. We would put ourselves in danger for the innocent, just like that, in a split second. It's our love for people. It's our love for our family. That, that love makes us want to not even think about ourselves. And that's the death, is mm. that I want to stir up that kind of love in me yeah. to where I just want to die so that Jesus can live in me. Yeah. And, and, and that's different. It doesn't, it's not about me. It's about him. Yeah. And, and the only way that can happen is that power of his love, yeah. that power that he promised through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, 
Sorry. No, yeah, that's so good because I was, I was actually uh, having a really good conversation <clears throat> with a friend of mine this week, and we were talking about how 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 do we overcome these these like the our, the humanity in me, right? The, mm-hmm. the sinful nature. Yeah. And Paul taught, and Paul says the only way to overcome that sinful nature mm. is through the power of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yes. It is simply the power mm. of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want to reference something that you said. You said later on, you said, most of us think that being like Jesus is up to us and not Jesus. Yes. And I thought that was mm. so good. And, and you said a lot of times we, we come at this this way because of that orphan place in us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, um, our whole lives um, we have learned not only from the nature of the way the world is around us, but also there's an orphan place in us because of the Adamic fallen nature. There's a sense of of separation from daddy um, that is in every human being. And then the culture has been fed this lie for thousands of years. And so we are embedded with this idea that whatever happens in my life, it's up to me. And um, so for me, as a believer, I find so many places in my soul where when God speaks to my heart, my first inclination is, okay, I got that. I'll go do that for you, Lord. And the Lord's like, no, this is a partnership. I just need your yes, mm-hmm. and I'll do it. Yeah. But your yes has got to be there. Rain, sleet, or snow, you know, it, it's got to be there. And if you give me your yes, then I'm partnering with you. And I think we just... The first step in me, and I think this is part of the fallen nature that just happens in our humanity, is, okay, all right, well, I'll go do that. And the Lord's like, wait, no, don't leave me. Let's mm-hmm. do this together. Yeah. And um, and and that's hard for me, uh, growing up, like I did without my father, and um, and it's uh, that's been a journey. And the Holy Spirit is so precious. He's he, he's called the Spirit of Adoption. It's like his whole journey with me mm. is to overcome that in me. Um, and, and, th- and that has to be powerful, too, because I'm pretty determined to get her done with him or without him. Right. And so, you actually mentioned that. You said, you know, a lot of times we wake up in the morning and we say, all right, Lord, what do you what do you have for us today? Yeah. And then we think we hear it and then we roll up our sleeves and put on our get her done attitude. Yeah. I'm quoting you here. And. And and then we go out the door and we say, "All right, see you tomorrow, Jesus." And and what a and that that is an orphan place. It is an orphan place because that's me saying, "All right, well, I have to go do this on my own mm-hmm. now," yeah. and I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I am. There's you know, there's I look looking back on seasons of my life, I can just see where I thought, "Well, I got to do this, mm-hmm. and I got to do this, and yeah. and I got it," and and that is an orphan place. Yeah, it is. And how much sweeter is it when we realize that the Lord is saying, what about we go do this today? Mm-hmm. Instead of mm-hmm. you go do this, mm-hmm. the Lord says, let's go do this. Yes, Lord. And he walks with us, and then he gives us the power <laughs> to do it. Yes. Because we can't, you know, uh, you even say it, uh, you know, like, in order to do God God's work, God can only do God's work. Yeah. God can only so if we are going to do the work of the Holy Spirit, then we have to have the Holy Spirit within us. <laughs> yes. You know, that kind of 
kind of leads us to this next part of your teaching. I think this is where a lot of people start to uh, really kind of split down the aisle on, mm-hmm. on some stuff. And and let's just listen in here. And you talk about praying in the Spirit. And, and the reason I think this is important is because to stay close to the Lord and to really fully feel like we're being filled, that constant renewing, I, I believe that comes through the the prayer language, right? Praying in the Spirit at all times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let, let's listen in, and then uh, we'll talk about this. Okay. Understand something. Your prayer language is for edifying you. In the book of James, it says that if a man can get his tongue under control, he can get his whole body under control. Isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit takes over our tongue? So then I start to speak prayer language that is angelic and heavenly so that I speak the things of heaven to the earth. And I speak them for myself, for those around me, for what's going on in the heavenlies that I cannot see, for the issues that are in my heart that I'm asking for from the core of my soul where me and the Holy Spirit are amalgamated. Remember, He knows my heart. And when I pray in the Spirit, what's happening is is my deepest need is being expressed in a heavenly language. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes when I pray, I don't really know what I need. I need something. I'm in prayer because I need something, but I don't necessarily know what I need, what the Spirit does. And if I give Him my tongue, He will speak exactly what I need. The Bible says that when you pray in your private prayer language, which is what the Message Bible calls it, no one can understand you, but it edifies you. You know what that means? That means builds you up. Where's it building you up to? It's building you up to be a child of God. That is so good. Mm -hmm. The prayer language is edifying us. Mm -hmm. And I think this is that spot here where... It's like, okay, is, pray, is, a, is my prayer language speaking in tongues? Is mm-hmm. speaking in tongues mm-hmm. my prayer language? What's the difference, right? And, right? and so, yeah, I mean, talk to us about that because I think that that's something that a lot of people are getting hung up on. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not something new, right? Yeah. I mean, Paul was teaching about speaking in tongues. And yes, he was. Praying in the Spirit. Yes. I think this is something the enemy comes in to attack. He because does. he knows mm-hmm. how powerful yep. it really is. So he's attacking this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, kind of dive in a little bit deeper on this because I, I thought that was so good talking about that when we give up the tongue, mm-hmm. right? That's like the ultimate first sign of yeah. surrender. Right. If we can give up our tongue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and you and you you you're alluding to the James scripture where it talks about that, that if I can line my tongue up, then I can line my whole body up. Yeah, um, that's a beautiful scripture, and I, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that next week. I I just hit on it briefly to line it up with what we were talking about, and um, we're kind of peeking into next week's teaching. Um, but but uh, I, and it's good. We we'll, we need to identify that statement because some people are like wait a minute and you lose people right there because they're like yeah but i know i've done my study and i know that tongues is for a prophecy with interpretation and not everybody gets it that's usually the big argument from someone who's done their study it's funny how we look at things with the rose-colored glasses and if you really pull back and you look at the scriptures 
um, it's not obscure. But if you're reading it through the rose-colored glasses of that particular teaching that I just mentioned, you won't see these other scriptures that are clearly there. Um, and part of that is because the critical position that Paul has to take with the church in Corinth, um, apparently, uh, history says that there were a lot of prostitutes that were from the temple there in Corinth who had gotten saved and were now in the church. And they were very authoritative, uh, authoritative and very uh, powerful, and they had a lot of influence. Paul was kind of giving a heavy hand to them because they were getting out of hand in the corporate gathering and using their tongues to kind of show off their gift. And Paul's correcting their use of the gift of tongues. And in that, it when the church sees that, what's happened is, is we've kind of had a negative, it's allowed the enemy to get a negative view of, of, of that. Number one, uh, there are several scriptures where it talk about the edifying, like we just talked about, of you as a person in 1 Corinthians 14, and we're going to open that up next week and really go into that in detail. But then there is, and Paul distinctly separates them by saying your private prayer language is for you. The, when you pray, no one understands you, but that's okay. Paul says, I do that more than any of you. But then he says, if you're going to pray in tongues in public, there has to be an interpretation. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, there's two distinct mentionings, both in Corinthians 12 and 13, and then in 14, he really identifies. If you really read it, you see he gives a scenario of when you're praying in the Spirit, what that scenario looks like. And it's not the gift of tongues with interpretation. It is your private prayer language, the edifying of yourself. Because, see, the difference is, is that the gift of tongues with interpretation is a corporate situation. But Paul clearly talks about you talking in tongues with no interpreter is for edifying you. Mm -hmm. It's for building you up. And, and so we're going to go into that later. But what I believe people don't understand is what you just said. Oh, well, I don't need the gift of tongues because I don't feel the urge to stand up and I've not ever heard a, a tongues with an interpretation myself, so that's just not my gift. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll get into that later, too, as though somehow uh, there's a certain gift in the Spirit that, that I've, I've personified, <laughs> as though the Holy Spirit chooses me to be just the gift of healing or <laughs> me to be the gift of prophecy. or you know, It is the gifts of the Spirit mm -hmm. for the purpose of, of the spirit, yeah. you know, not for my purpose. And uh, so anyway, it's, yeah, I'm getting off. So no, yeah, that's so good though. Cause you know, for me, as we're just going through this first week and we're studying being full of the Holy spirit, mm. I'm starting to realize, you know, we want to be full of the spirit, mm -hmm. not so we can show off our gifts. Right. Mm. Cause that, that's what you're saying. Paul right, was talking right, about. Right. We want to be full of the Spirit so that we can be close to the heart of God, mm -hmm. so that we can yeah. be more like Him, Yes. so that we can live in His presence, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that we can live in His blessing, That's right. in His provision. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you, you pointed out a scripture, Jude 1, 20-21. You said, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Mm. Waiting for the mercy 
of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Mm. And this whole idea of, of being full of the spirit, right. That we're talking about today mm-hmm. and praying in the spirit. Right. And so when people say praying in the spirit, they'll go, all that means is that I'm just in the spirit and I'm praying. Yeah. No, Paul says in first Corinthians 14, when you pray in the spirit, no one understands what you say. Yeah. So it's clearly identified in first Corinthians 14 as the tongues, your, your private prayer language. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead, brother. No. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, there is a really powerful place. Mm hmm that we can go to with the Lord Mm -hmm. when we begin to pray in our prayer language Mm. in the spirit, because like Paul saying here, it is keeping us in the love of God. Mm -hmm. This is what Mm -hmm. keeps us close to the heart of God. When we pray, like you just said, when we pray the things of the spirit, Mm -hmm. we're speaking the things of the spirit, the the things of Jesus, right? You, cause you mentioned, you know, the Holy Spirit, he goes and and, G, and he hears the words of Jesus and he relays the message, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. we begin to hear Jesus speaking to us. And when we begin to hear the words of Jesus and we begin to just speak those out into the earth, Absolutely. something so powerful. And, we're, and that whole idea of edifying ourselves, mm. this builds us up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the idea of, right, like preaching to your doubt. Like we're speaking to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, told, I talked to my wife about this, but you know, the other day, uh, we were going through some, a really stressful moment. I said, you know what? I just feel like the Lord wants me to pray over you in the spirit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, and Brooke, this isn't for you. This is for your spirit. This is for mm-hmm. your soul. Yeah. I said, you might not understand a single word I say in your mind, mm-hmm. but I'm speaking to your soul right yes, now. That's I right. said, my spirit, the Holy spirit in me wants to speak to that in you. Yep. Absolutely. And so I begin to pray over her mm-hmm. and she just begins to just all that stress begins to lift mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like we're, I'm stirring up that faith yes, in her, you absolutely. know? And so, yep. and so I think that that was a moment for me where I really saw, and I think it's beautiful. The Lord allowed that moment in my marriage, but where I really saw, it's like, okay, like this is a, this is an incredible thing here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I can pray over my wife. I might not even know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what I'm saying. Right. But our spirit, the, the spirit of the Lord mm-hmm. is is speaking to her. Right. And building her up mm-hmm. and edifying me, yes. and edifying her, right. edifying the body. <laughs> and so it's just like, that is it's so, so good. good. It just, it keeps going. Yes. It just keeps on going. Such a rest in that too, isn't there? Mm, yeah. There's a rest in that. That, and yeah, there's a rest yeah. because it's like, I don't have to know the words mm. all the time. No. Right. Or figure we get it all in, out. Yeah. It's like, right. cause you get in these situations, especially as a husband where you, you know, Oh, I, I want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Give me, Lord, give me the words. Give oh, me the yeah. words. Sometimes God's like, uh, you know, maybe yeah. you just need to rest in me right. and let me do it. Yeah. Let me speak. And, yeah. and so getting to that, that place where we can just, Allow the Lord to speak and us it be at that surrendered place where we truly step back mm-hmm. and say, okay, God, I, I don't, maybe I don't have to have a place in it. Because I think a lot of times, you know, we want the Lord to speak through us, but we want him to use our words. Yeah. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, you can speak through me, Lord, as long as you use my words. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, don't you yeah. want? Okay, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so that's funny. Coming to that place, you know. It's so yeah. It's mm. so rich. Thank you for sharing that too from your heart, brother. Yeah, absolutely. That was really good. And uh, so, so getting into this last bit here, okay. we're, we're wrapping this up. But the evidence of the baptism, mm-hmm. right? Because as we move forward in learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, we have to talk about this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. evidence because yeah. there is evidence throughout Scripture, mm-hmm. especially in Acts and. Um, that is what you're talking about here. And so let's go in and listen to what you said Sunday night. Okay. This is really good. Good. Look down here. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. Now look at this. This is what's so beautiful here. They had already seen. They, see, it says here, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Look up here. Paul's asking the church of Ephesus that just got saved. And when you believed, and they said to him, no, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said unto them, were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John's baptism was the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the power came. Listen, this is us. We have to be operating in the things of the Spirit to be in the agenda of the Spirit. I love that. Mm. We have to be operating in the things of the Spirit Mm -hmm. to be in the agenda of the Spirit. And I have a question for you uh, because I think, you know, this is a question that a lot of people would ask, right? But do you believe that the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues? Um, Well, we, we just talked about how important it is to have a private prayer language, right? Like... Who would want to be without that? Right. And what kind of father would only give it to a select few if it benefits all? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the problem with this is a negative view of it because partly because some people think that it's one of the distinct gifts of the spirit, the tongues with interpretation for corporate gatherings. You see, out of all the gifts that you see there, almost all of those are for edifying and developing the body except for your private prayer language, which is for you to become empowered and lifted up and edified and hearing better, seeing better, knowing the will of God, understanding the will of God for yourself so that you might be what? A witness. So the first step for me being able to operate in the gifts is to be in the spirit Mm -hmm. and building me up. My inner man in the spirit is my private prayer language. So I do not believe the gift of tongues with interpretation is the initial gift of the Holy Spirit baptizing you. I believe, though, that every believer that God wants to give them at the baptism of the Holy Spirit a private prayer language. Many people are caught up there and their mind is in the way because either there's an offense based on past understanding or it's just a pause like I don't trust the Lord or you with this part of me. And so they're apprehensive. And with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, It's an all-in commitment. I'm all-in. God, I trust you. 
I trust the kingdom of God. I trust the spirit of God. And I want all of you, you know. Um, and there is that moment in our heart when we give in to that. And I think it, I think a lot of people receive their private prayer language when they receive the baptism. And it just takes this kind of encouragement and teaching and development so that some of these who've had religious experiences that are making them apprehensive of letting go of their tongue, that they just would, you know, would, would allow them to receive their, their private prayer language. Mm -hmm. So I would change it from tongues to yeah. private prayer language. Yeah. And not that it's like this, the evidence, because the evidence is much more than that. Uh, or it's got a power to it that people see. Because remember, Simon was trying to buy it when he saw that very thing that we just read. Mm -hmm. Simon the sorcerer wanted to pay for Peter and them because he saw the power and the manifestation. What did he see? Well, there's way more than prayer language. There's You manifest the powerful love of Christ. It, it affects you in such a physical way. So I think speaking in tongues is... A small part of that, but definitely it's something that God is offering to us as believers. So, anyway. yeah, no, that's so good. Um, you know, and I think, you know, for me, like listening back on this and, and kind of studying this last night, just preparing for today and, and walking through this. Um, one of the big things that was standing out to me was that the power of the Holy Spirit in us has like maybe not just one, but like a central purpose to make us more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yes. Cause it, I love that when you're just reading scripture, you know, it, it, it all just inherently points to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so even the power of the spirit in us mm -hmm. is pointing us to yes. Jesus. Right. And so as a, as a born again believer, I feel like our goal should be to be more like Jesus. Absolutely. So that we can walk in that and experience the love of the Father and have that relationship like Jesus showed us and exemplified on the earth between him and the Father. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, you know, with the, the, the Holy Spirit, we ought to pursue this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not for anything other than the fact that so that we can just be more like mm -hmm. Jesus. Be more like Jesus. So that we can grow closer to him. That's right. Not in our righteousness, but his, right? His. And um, so I have just like one final thing as we're wrapping this up. Um, and, and I just kind of have a statement that I, I was thinking about. And, and so I'm going to read it to you. And, and you just kind of tell me if I'm like way off the mark or if you would agree at all. <laughs> all right, let's go. So that this, as we go and study the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I personally believe they are all important, right? And, mm -hmm. and for that reason, to to point us to Jesus, to make us more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. So do you think it'd be fair to say this, like that denying the gifts of the Holy Spirit is denying yourself the ability to be more like Jesus? And actually, we end up, through denying the gifts of the Holy Spirit and trying to stay away from it, we're denying ourselves the opportunity to reach our full destiny mm -hmm. in God. I think that's a extremely strong statement, and I think it... If, if we spend our whole life pushing out the fullness of God, we will not reach the fullness of God. Mm. I think you're right. I think the intent of the Holy Spirit 
is Paul's word he uses often that you might be fully formed in Christ. Yeah. Well, the gifts are there until I leave my body. Paul says the gifts and he says in Corinthians when I when I when I talk like a child and acted like a child, I you know, I did the things of a child. He said, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And he's talking about the gifts of the spirit. Well, some people kind of use that in a negative connotation to push the gifts away. No, 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 no. The gifts are to develop us into full maturity. Their purpose is to bring us from childlike faith to the fullness of Christ so that we may mature into the to the promise that Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I, I think your statement is right. I, 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 and I had to think about it for a minute. I was like, OK, that's that's really strong. But it's truth. It really is. If you, but you know, I mean, we all go through periods. Like, like if someone's right now resisting the gifts of the Spirit, it doesn't mean that like they're, you know, they're going to end their life as an immature Christian because eventually, you surrender. But why not surrender now? Like, yeah. why, why be apprehensive? Uh, because you're fearful that your dignity might be lost, or. Mm-hmm. Or that the orphan heart in you senses that somehow you'll get tricked into something demonic. Like the father would be in your life and you love him and you ask for the things of the spirit. And that when you speak in an unknown tongue, that the devil's using your tongue. That is such an orphan place. Mm. It's such an orphan place that my daddy wouldn't protect me from demonic stuff that I have to protect myself. That when he tells me if I want this, I can have it. And then when I get it, I fear that it's of the devil. That's such an orphan place, mm. such a broken place. And so I think we have to say, did daddy promise this? Like you said, it's a gift. Why wouldn't I want it? And I said something a minute ago that I've never said before that just kind of came out in our, in our, in what the spirit is doing with us. And that is that the, that the, the private prayer language is so good for every believer We should not ask the negative question, does everyone need to speak in tongues? It's not a need. Um, To be filled with the Holy Spirit, God wants you to have all that he has for you. Mm -hmm. It's not a necessary like, well, if I'm going to be a good believer, you have to be able to speak in tongues. No, 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 no. Daddy wants to give you all that he can so that you succeed. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those gifts that helps you be loved better and love better because that's the intent is to be Christ to the dying world. And remember, he said the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so that the world around you, that you might be a witness, that the world around you would know Christ in you. Wow. That's that's it. So. you guys out there we just want you to know next week we'll be posting um Burdon's teaching from this coming sunday and we'll be diving uh, even further into the gifts of the holy spirit um again for more information on what we're doing here and what the lord is doing at inner cry you can check us out on our website at www.innercry.org and um we hope to see you soon we're praying for you and we're praying that the holy spirit would fill you up so that we could all experience the fullness of Christ in us. We love you guys. Have a great day.